Welcome to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. Here's your host, the Bitcoin Boomer himself, Gary Leland. Welcome to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. I'm your host, Gary Leland, the original Bitcoin Boomer. Why am I the Bitcoin Boomer? Because I like Bitcoin. I find it interesting. I find it a great topic. I like investing in it. I like seeing startups I have developed with it. And it's pretty obvious I'm a boomer. So that would kind of make me the Bitcoin Boomer. You know, there's something out there that's a mess in this country. It's a total mess. And that is our healthcare situation. Oh my gosh. You know, I'm on Medicare now. Luckily, as many of you boomers watching are, and, and I do want to thank the uh, kids out there for supp supporting my insurance needs. Stephanie, you pretty excited about paying my insurance over there? So oh, she's excited. You wouldn't believe it. She's getting a party hat out now. She's so excited about paying for it every month. Well, I'm telling you, everybody's being taken advantage of on the health care needs. Uh, the people paying for health care, the doctors, everybody. It's a total, total mess and way too expensive. On today's show, We've had Andy Schoonover from Health Crowd Health, and we're going to talk about a new concept. That's right. This to me is a new concept in healthcare. This isn't your traditional insurance for your health needs that you're paying like I used to, eighteen hundred dollars a month. This is a brand new way of looking at healthcare, and guess what? You can get it involved. You can involve Bitcoin in your healthcare, okay? So that's crazy, first of all. Bitcoin and healthcare working together and not paying like I was $1,800 a month for your healthcare, this is an exciting topic. Even if you are like me and you don't need help with healthcare anymore, you've made it to 65, you've rolled into the golden age of healthcare. I hope this lasts forever that I never pay for any healthcare, but you will find it interesting even if you're like me. You'll find this concept interesting. You'll find this concept amazing. Andy does a great job of explaining crowd health and how you can use crowd health for your personal health care needs and save yourself a ton, a ton of dough, a ton of money, a ton of fiat, however you want to say it. You're going to save it by using crowd health. So stay tuned as we come back in a few minutes with Andy Schoonover, and he'll explain crowd health. He'll explain the problems in healthcare today and the problems with our society as far as their personal health care and how crowd health, he thinks, can help make it better. We'll be back right after these words from our sponsor. And welcome back to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. I'm your host, Gary Leland, the original Bitcoin Boomer. Make sure and contact your friends right now if they're sitting around the house and tell them to come watch or listen to this show. This is the show where we talk about Bitcoin. Want to educate you about Bitcoin. We talk about Bitcoin, projects related to Bitcoin, just Bitcoin things in general. Today, we're joined by Andy Schoonover of Crowd Health. Now, let's bring in Andy, and we're going to talk about crowd health and about Bitcoin, of course. Andy, thanks for joining us on the Bitcoin Boomer Show. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks. And uh, I want to make sure everybody knows 
Andy and Crowd Health were a gold sponsor at my conference, Bit Block Boom, this year, and I do appreciate that very, very much, Andy. But before we go any further, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. I'm uh, so CEO of Crowd Health, originally from the Midwest, moved down to, to Austin a, a few years ago after I sold my uh, healthcare technology company up there. And yeah, came down just to enjoy the the weather, the the tacos, the the good food down here, the good fishing down here, and so live in Austin. Um, and not too long after that, got got orange build. So it was kind of divine intervention that I came to Austin to get to know Bitcoin a little bit better. Well, I see in the background you have a, a Bitcoin uh, poster back there, so we, we kind of had the feeling, and since this is the Bitcoin Boomer Show, uh, everybody should have had the feeling you were going to be orange-pilled. But since you've brought that up, let's get into that. I ask everybody, because i got to know, what was your orange pill moment? And for those who are not Bitcoiners, orange pill means how did you learn about Bitcoin? What was the moment that you said, oh, I see it. I now understand Bitcoin. Tell us about your orange pill moment. Yeah, so um, I got orange pilled by somebody I think you know well, Jimmy Song. Um, he lives here in Austin as well, and Jimmy and I were having some lunch, and I was talking to him about crowd health and how we were trying to disrupt the way that we get healthcare paid for. Um, and he was talking about the fact that health insurance companies have this big pool of capital that they hold in a bank account somewhere, and given that we're inflation of eight percent plus that um, pool of capital is is basically melting. And he's like, man, what happens if you could hold that pool of capital in in Bitcoin? I said, Jimmy, what do you mean? Like, what what does that what does that mean? I don't understand. And he um he said, well look, you know, if you have a a finite amount of of Bitcoin, people aren't producing more of it. And therefore you're not going to get this inflationary effect that you're getting with fiat. And so a big part of the healthcare market that we're having trouble with here is just the inflation of, of healthcare costs, partially induced by monetary inflation. And so what if you were able to hold that big pool of capital in, in Bitcoin? And it kind of came to me, I'm like, wow, like that makes tons of sense to me. So um, Jimmy Song, yeah, the the original Jimmy Song uh, orange-pilled me, you know, about a year and a half or two years ago. Well, that's a pretty interesting story, to be honest with you. I've had a lot of stories. People tell me they're orange-pilled, but you were uh, orange-pilled by a good friend of mine and one of the best uh, Bitcoiners I know. And uh, his uh, reasoning or his logic sounds is sound, as Spock, as Spock would say. So um, that's really pretty interesting um, story there. So getting on that same picture, you started to dip into it a little bit there with your melting ice cube, which I think is a Michael mm -hmm. Saylor term, uh, the melting iceberg of fiat cash. Um, what is, to you, what is fiat? I mean, what is Bitcoin? We all know fiat. What is Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, oh, oh, fiat is government control, right? right. Um, a, a mandate uh, from from the government, and so the inverse of that is is truly freedom. You know, I built my company Crowd Health to be free of government regulation in our health, um, and I think Bitcoin is is freedom from government regulation, government overreach, government. Um, this perverse incentive structure that the government has to to print money, and I can actually put my my 
and convert my dollars to an asset that actually holds value um, that nobody can mess with, that the rules are already in place. Those rules can't be changed by any central authority. And so that to me is really, really interesting to be able to, to, to take my, my money and put it into a place that uh, the government can't touch it, the government can't mess with it. And again, the perverse incentives aren't going to determine its value. So that's why I love Bitcoin. That's why I have Bitcoin as a very significant percentage of my portfolio. And I think one of the riskiest things to do in our current economy, given the melting ice cube, is not to have a significant percentage of our portfolio in Bitcoin. So um, once I was orange pilled by by uh, Jimmy, I was um, all in, and now I own, like I said, a very significant percentage of my portfolio in in Bitcoin to um, counteract the government overreach into our monetary supply. Well, it's kind of interesting how that happens once you do truly understand Bitcoin that you end up putting more and more or a higher and higher percentage of your portfolio into Bitcoin. Um, because you've seen what it's done over the years, first of all. And if you've experienced a bear market or two, you, you no longer are concerned or pay any attention sure. to all the uh, FUD out there or people talking about how Bitcoin is going to zero. I think the odds of Bitcoin going to a million now are way higher than going to zero. So, uh, I agree. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing. Gary, I think the other thing, too, that's interesting here is once I've gotten into Bitcoin, what I love about Bitcoin and Bitcoiners specifically is the amount of curiosity that they have. Things that other Americans or just other folks in the world just take for granted, like money, for example. They, they expect their money to be in the bank when they go to their Bank of America or Chase or, or whatever. I think Bitcoiners are asking questions that other people aren't asking, and not just even in the monetary supply space. It's they're asking uh, questions about food. Like, is is what we know about food accurate? Has the government been um, truthful to us? Um, I think that goes into healthcare. Like, is what we understand about healthcare and the way that the healthcare works is that true? Is the government telling us the the truth here, or are they engaging in activities that um, are, you know, self-enriching oftentimes? And so I, I've really gotten to know the Bitcoiners in the community. Um, and, and that's the one thing I love about them is they're just curious about the world and, and how it works and ask a lot of questions. Many people think it's conspiratorial. I think it's, you know, we're asking questions that other people are afraid to ask because now we know what is actually behind the monetary supply and and how we are getting really ripped off by our government government by just a constant um, oversupply of of dollars. I have to agree with you 100% on that. Oh my gosh, it's an awakening. It's it's really kind of odd to a degree once you find out about Bitcoin and you really get into it, all of a sudden you start wanting to explore money and understand what is money because you thought you knew it. You use it every day. You have it in your pocket. You've used it your whole life and you suddenly realize you have no idea what money is. And you start exploring that and then that opens up a Pandora's box of other things that they may have been lying about. And you're right. Sometimes you have to watch yourself when you're at a group or a party or you sound like you're a, a, a nut about things. But it's, you, you're, it's an awakening, I believe. 
Yeah, I actually, I, I totally believe that. I think that, you know, things that we have be- believed for a long, long time are now being questioned. And the trouble that we have just as a, a human species is that it's really hard for people to say that I was wrong. And so we continue to play these games that even though we have an incredible amount of evidence are wrong, um, people are not willing to step up and say, you know what, what I've been saying for the last decade or two decades, and oftentimes, you know, four or five decades is actually wrong. I mean, let's look at the the food pyramid that the government has put out for us. And I remember before we get into that, ago, before we was, get into the food pyramid, because sorry. I know we don't have enough time and I'm going to end up cutting you off. And I do that all the time. So let's just hold up on the food pyramid. We'll get into that as soon as we get back. But I, I do want to, like I said, I can't agree with you enough that the Bitcoin is an awakening. Uh, that's something I hardly ever talk about. It changes your whole perceptive on everything once you get into Bitcoin. Now stick tuned with us. We'll be right at, back after these words from our sponsor. And we'll get into the food pyramid next, right here on the Bitcoin Boomer Show. And welcome back to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. I'm your host, Gary Leland, as always. And today we're joined by Andy Schoonover of Crowd Health. Now, Andy, before we get into, I cut you off when you were going to talk about the food pyramid there. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. But before we do, I was exploring your Twitter page, which is kind of funny how much time you spent on Twitter, too, after you <laughs> the Bitcoin, or, or I did at least <laughs> ways. I went to it, but I didn't spend near as much time on it. But I saw a message that you had that I wanted to go ahead and say, because I thought this was really kind of uh, something I wanted to get out there. You had posted that your message is fix health care to save money, but also enable us to live four healthier lives for our kids, grandkids, spouses, and ourselves. I thought that was a pretty interesting message you had on there. So yeah, it's great to save money, which that's something you definitely need to save in healthcare, but the reasoning as to why is more than just money. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, I'm, I'm starting Crowd Health, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, to, of course, save money. I think that the the healthcare system is so fundamentally and systemically broken that we can save a, a ton of money. But I think that one of the variables in that, one of the inputs into why our healthcare system is broken is because we've been lied to around what it looks like to be healthy, healthy human beings. You know, and we have um, on the front or front of Cosmopolitan, you know, a woman who's, I think, 400 pounds or something like this and saying, this is healthy. And so that's what our mainstream media is t- telling us. And I'm saying, no, 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 this is not healthy. And in fact, this is very unhealthy and is an inhibitor or a barrier to you leading a, a life of, of flourishing um, for you know, your family, your kids, your grandkids, you know, those types of things. And I think that's probably the most important thing. And so I'm really trying to change the attitude around how we buy healthcare, but also how we treat ourselves and, and our bodies so that we can really live a flourishing life. I, I have, my wife says this all the time when we're watching TV, exactly what you said. 
It's just amazing how many obese people we see on TV now in mm -hmm. uh, major roles as though this is the norm that you should be obese. She, or she puts it, it makes it more accepting to be obese um, rather than thinking I need to work on being in shape. Um, do, you, do, you, mm -hmm. do you find, is, is that pretty much your thought on that too? Oh yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we're trying to normalize um, a condition, a behavior that is not healthy and not only not only healthy for us individually, it's health, not healthy for our system. Um, we have twice as many, twice as many as obese people per capita in our country than other uh, developing nations. And that obesity level has gone from 15% in the 1970s to almost 40% now. And those who have obesity um, have twice as much healthcare costs as those who are non-obese. So it's really taking an impact, a toll on our um, economy. And as such, the government has to print more money and therefore our money has become you know, less and less valuable. And so this food and healthcare and monetary supply all are commingled. They're all, you know, variables of one another. And so it's, it really is to fix our money supply. We have to fix our health. Um, and so that's why I think these things are so commingled. Get into the food pyramid now. I held you off on this as long as I'm going to hold you off on this. Let's talk about the food pyramid. When I was a kid in school, we had this pyramid and you had your cheese on there and your bread on there and all these things you had to eat every day. It's kind of weird. I know so many people now into Bitcoin that all they eat is meat. They've cut out the whole pyramid. They eat the meat and that's it. Nothing. No carbohydrate. I eat no carbohydrates anymore. And I feel like I can talk about this weight issue because I was 350 pounds. Now I'm like 310. Or 210. <laughs> Sorry, I wouldn't have lost much weight there. But I'm 210. But it was mostly carbohydrates I cut out for the majority and sugar. Mm -hmm. Carbohydrates and sugar, I get rid of all that, and I eat very few vegetables, but I'm not complete meat. But let's talk about um, the food pyramid. Yeah, I mean, I think that if, if folks remember the food pyramid, it sounds like you you had it when you were a kid. I saw it when I was a kid um, and still see it to today. Um, you know, the bottom, you have what is supposed to be the base of your diet, which is all carbohydrates. It's pastas and breads and Cheerios. And, you know, way, way higher on that pyramid, which means that you have to have less of it, is animal proteins. Um, and, you know, what we've seen in study after study after study is that these animal proteins are actually healthier for you um, than those, those carbohydrates. And in fact, those carbohydrates raise your blood sugars and have a massive metabolic impact on your, your body. And so in fact, what we should do with the food pyramid is take off the sugars at the top and then inverse it. <laughs> and that's ultimately how we should be, be eating. Um, but there seems to be this inability for people who have come up with the food pyramid, specifically the you know, FDA and other uh, governmental you know, or organizations to say, hey, guess what? We were wrong. That's not how we should be. Um, eating, we should be do, doing something different. We should actually be focusing a lot more on animal proteins and a lot less on carbohydrates. Um, and I think that's what has led to this huge trend in obesity. Well, you know, when I was a kid, I think there was one, I'll just say, I'll just call it this because I've been there, so I can call it that. There was one fat kid in our school, and that was it. 
and everybody knew who he was, and he's dead now. Um, but it seems to me like when I see my grandkids' school, there's a lot of heavy kids coming out and rolling out of that school compared to like there was one in, in elementary school was first to eighth grade. There was one in the whole school when I was a kid. Now, I mean, it's a kind of a common sight. So I don't know. Something's not going right there with the, the eating habit of, uh, as um, Saifedean would say, of the fiat food people, people who are eating fiat yeah, foods. Absolutely. So, um, well, we've seen diabetes go from about 1% of the population to 8% of the population. So it's whatever that 8x is, whatever that name for, and it's sextupled, octupled, whatever the, the word term for that is, it's went up 8x since 1970s. And I think that's a direct reflection of just an overeating of carbohydrates that the government has, again, for, you know, half a century or longer told us should be the fundamental part of our, our diet. And it's, it's ridiculous. And that's why I love Bitcoiners. Again, we're starting to question these things. You made another statement on your, um, not a statement, answering a question I saw where you said, California and four other states have decided to tax their citizens by making health insurance fiat. What did that mean? Yeah, you know, um, a, a little over a decade ago, Obamacare basically made it mandatory across the country to have health insurance. And so, in, in essence, making health insurance fiat um, and and therefore a tax. Um, and, and so, you know, fortunately, during the Trump administration, that was removed. But we have five states who have gone back and said that you have to have health insurance to um, be in their state. Um, and so, you know, to me, you know, the whole definition of fiat is a, a government mandate. Um, so we have a government mandated health insurance program in five states, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. And in fact, what I'm proposing, which is somewhat controversial, is that more people should um, opt out of insurance, not have insurance, and in essence, be uninsured because we are more. Um, responsible for our health care if we are uninsured. And so that's what we're doing at Crowd Health is enabling people to be uninsured, uh, which we think is, is, we kind of joke around here, it's delightfully uninsured. So what is it? you're saying that people should not have insurance at all or they should have Crowd Health insurance? I'm not, I'm not following you there. Yeah, I'm sorry. what I'm saying is, yeah, what I'm saying is people should have no insurance at all. Okay. And so in crowd health, in essence, what we're doing is we're providing people with a set of tools that allow them to pay for their health care without having health insurance. Oh, OK. So so crowd health is not OK. Excellent. Well, that's going to lead into our break here because that's where we're coming back with is crowd health. So that's an excellent way to start off crowd health. Um, that's interesting. So. It's not insurance. It's where people are pooling their funds together, I guess. But you're going to let me know that in a minute, so I'll just, I won't even guess at it. Uh, we'll join you back, join back with us in about a minute or two after these words from our sponsor, and we'll find out what crowd health is and what not having insurance is all about.
Welcome back to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. Joined today by Andy Schoonover from Crowd Health. Andy, okay, let's get into that before we, we stop there. And I was guessing at the end there. Let's, let's just go straight into Crowd Health. I think that's probably the sure. best place to go. Tell us about Crowd Health. What is Crowd Health? Yeah, so in, in essence, what we're trying to do is give people tools that allow them to pay for their health care without having health insurance. So health insurance has so many perverse incentives. You know, people ask me, why is our health care cost so high? And the problem here is that we have the buyer of health care, which is health plans, and the sellers of health care, hospital systems, both having an incentive to see prices rise. So you don't need to be a PhD in economics to understand that if the uh, buyer and the seller of a service want the price to rise, the price will rise. Um, and so you, know, you might be like, okay, so why do health insurance plans have an incentive for the price to rise? Well, there's a, a law, again, the government is getting involved that says that uh, health insurance plans can only have 15% of premiums used for uh, profit or administrative costs. So if my family is paying $1,000, then they can only make $150. And so how do they make $165? Is they have to raise my rates. They actually make more money when we're sick than when we're healthy. So there's such perverse incentives there that um, we at Crowd Health think that there's a different way. We The mechanics of how this work is you put um, $175 into an account every month at Crowd Health. We start that account. We open that account for you when you join. We take $30 of that for subscription fees. And the remaining $145 is held for health events of other people in the community. So if I break my arm, um, I will pay the first $500. And then I, let's just say it was a $5,000 bill. I'll pay $500 myself and then Crowd Health will crowdfund the remaining $4,500 from the group or the community that they'll take money out of that account that we set up from you when you started. So $175 in that account every single month, you then use that to help other people in the community with their health events. Um, and so that takes away all the perverse incentives of, of the health insurance system. And what we've found over... 1200 bills is that we can crowdfund these bills from other people in the community voluntarily, as opposed to having a centralized um, health insurance plan deciding who and what and when health care can be uh, provided. So we're trying to create some some freedom in the healthcare space. So is there any Time limit. I'm just curious. Right off the top of my head, I think if, if I joined up for Crowd Health, how long do I have to wait before I can use this? From day one. So I can sign up tomorrow, break my leg the next day, and I've got $175 into it, and I've, I'm covered. Yes. Well, that's a pretty good deal. We will. We will. We will fund. We will fund that bill from the community members, even if you join the day before. Look, if you broke your arm last week and you joined today then there should not be an expectation that the community is going to fund, you know, what we kind of called your your health debt, you know, things that you have not taken care of in the past that you should have taken care of and now want somebody else to take care of it. 
So if you have a pre-existing conditions, we will not crowd those, uh, crowdfund those pre-existing conditions for the first two years of your membership at Crowd Crowd Health. It 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 uh, eliminates some of the moral hazard. So you have everybody's putting in 175 or 145 dollars net, I guess, a month, and the funds come out of that for anything that comes up going to the hospital. Is there? But you pay the first 500. Yeah, the the individual with the health event pays the first 500. Well, that's actually a heck of a deal. I mean, if you if you can cover it for 100, I know that myself, my wife and I. Our insurance with an $8,000 deductible was $1,800 a month with an $8,000 deductible and no prescription, nothing extra. That was a bones bones deal. That was just to cover us in yeah. case we got in a car wreck and we didn't lose our house. You know, but once we hit that $8,000, boy, we did everything that year there was to do. You know, colonoscopies, yeah, I mean, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's an incentive in our current system that if you have a health event, you extract as much out of that system as possible because we all assume we're getting screwed by healthcare, by health insurance, right? You're paying 1800 bucks a month. When I had health insurance, it was 1200 bucks a month. And then when my daughter needed tubes in her ear, she had a perforated eardrum. The, the, it was $8,000 to do this procedure. Um, to save her hearing, and the health insurance plan said no, they weren't going to pay for it. So I was paying twelve hundred dollars a month <laughs> for the insurance plan to decide what was covered, and that's what led me to to Crowd Health. That just the the it should be between the patient and the doctor, and not an insurance company. You know that might even be a better deal. I have paper than uh, Medicare, <laughs> but I'm 65 because that's the best deal going. I mean, somebody's subsidizing me on that deal. That's for sure. Um, so that's the best deal yeah, going. It's, it's me. It's it's the American <laughs> taxpayers. Yeah, because I can't <laughs> believe this stuff. So how does this? Uh, to go back to a question I asked you earlier, there are five states that mm-hmm. make you have insurance. How does this work in those states? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, you can get a, for all of those states except Massachusetts, you can get what they call a, a MEC plan, which is minimum essential coverage. It's about 100 bucks a, a month. So it adds $100 a month to your cost, but you can still get crowd health. And um, we believe uh, satisfy those state requirements with a really low cost plan. It's, it's about 100 bucks, a little bit lower than that. Okay, so that takes care of that. So any pre-existing conditions are two years is what you're saying and there's is there a max uh payout let's say let's say um i think my brother i don't think my brother-in-law has cancer right now of uh Mm -hmm. type i don't know the details as well as i should i'm sorry to say i know i've been told um and i think he's taking a prescription drug that's like $1,000 $1,000 a pill or something. I mean, I may have the amount wrong, but it's a crazy amount. Um, and that probably was all funded, that pill, by American taxpayers, you know. But um, would it cover that? He's covered with Medicare and his other insurance. But yeah, would it cover something like that where someone's paying that kind of money out? Or would that not drain the pool? Yeah, the, the shorter answer to that is we would absolutely crowdfund that. But the longer answer here is what I think is really interesting about this model that um, is not in other insurance plans or, or Medicaid, Medicare. You know, we're acting as individuals. 
So if we get a really, if we get cancer and we have a number of people in our community who have cancer now that we're working with them, um, and the pharmaceutical company wants to charge you, there's one cancer drug that's like $10,000 a month. You know, you're negotiating as an individual with that pharmaceutical company. And actually, we negotiate on your behalf. And but you're negotiating as an individual and not United Healthcare. So we so then the pharmaceutical company has a decision. Are you going to actually charge ten thousand dollars to this individual who clearly can't afford ten thousand dollars? Or are you going to negotiate with them so they have access to this drug to save their lives? What we found is that these pharmaceutical companies are willing to negotiate. And so we're we're able to get better pricing than oftentimes the United States government. We can get better pricing than United Healthcare. So we think individuals actually have more negotiating power against these big healthcare companies than you know insurance companies and even the United States government. So it's incredibly empowering to be uninsured and being able to negotiate like that. Um, so we're getting prices that are fifty or sixty percent better than United Healthcare. Wow, I'm with United Healthcare, so that's pretty good because I know that uh, I don't think that well, not all doctors will even take it because they don't get paid what they want to get paid. I guess so. Um, wow, that's really pretty interesting. I'm glad. And I'd love to talk show. about that after the break because I think that the other part of this is doctors love us because we make it really easy to get money, whereas they oh. have to go through oh my gosh the paperwork to get yeah. paid by United Healthcare. Yeah, and they have people there just to handle the paperwork. Tons of people there. But let's take a break. We'll be right back after these words for a sponsor with more information about crowd health, a new way of uh, taking care of your health needs, I guess we could say. Be right back after this word from our sponsor. And welcome back to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. I'm your host, Gary Leland, joined by Andy Schoonover. Andy, um, this is really pretty interesting about crowd health. I, I kind of had the concept, but I really didn't have the concept at all. You've said something several times, though, that I do want to cover for um, anyone who might not understand, like, I'm not sure I understand. You said more than once in this conversation that you would um, source it through the group, crowdfund it. So mm-hmm. if someone comes in with a, something that's, you know, a huge amount, you go to the members and ask them, do you want to donate to this uh, person's health? Is that what crowdfunding is? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I kind of joke we, we consider it back to the future because, you know, back in the day when somebody in our community had a health event, the other communities would you know, people in the community would would gather around them and and help them out in that in that health event. You know, if they couldn't, if they got sick and they couldn't plow the fields, then people in the community would come around them and help them plow the fields, right? So they could be able to feed their family. And so we're doing something similar here, where in that um, event that I described earlier, I think it was a broken arm or something that was five thousand dollars. I would pay the first five hundred, then I would go to the community members and I would ask forty five people if they would give $100 out of that crowdfunding account to Andy so that I could pay for my broken arm. And they could say yes, or they could say no. And if they said yes, then $100 would go from their account to my account. 
if they said no, then crowd health would go on to the next person and, you know, and just ask and ask and ask. And so we are able to, to crowdfund that, that, uh, that bill. So the question is probably like, well, why would they give to Andy in a broken arm? That's not like a, you know, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to ask. Yeah. Well, when I submit my, uh, health event to the community, they will see my past history of giving. So if I said no to, you know, Gary and no to John and no to Sarah and no to Margaret, um, they know that I've kind of been a bad member of the community. And so you would probably be less likely, and we've seen this, you're less likely to give to somebody who's been a bad member of the community. If I had given to all those people, yes, 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 yes. I've been a good member of the community. And so in essence, what it is, it's a internal reputation score that you have that says I'm a good member of the community or I'm a bad member of the community. And a good member of the community is much higher likelihood of getting funded than a bad member of the community. And so it's almost like a self-governing reputation score that incentivizes people to be generous to others in the community. And so um, thus far, we've had about 1,200 bills that have been paid that way. And every time, if it's been a good member of the community, then it's been funded. So um, it goes back to you reap what you sow, you know, or you get what you give. Exactly. Or if you take care yeah. of others, it comes back to you tenfold. Um, I like that. How does um, this work with going to the doctor? I know when I go to the doctor, even now, if I go to the doctor today, I've got to fill out all this stuff and show them my Medicare card. And, and if I go to them three days from now, I still have to fill out all this stuff again. I just filled out three days ago. Um, how does this work going to the doctor, filling out this stuff? Is that, since it's not really insurance, it's a funding, a crowdfunding. Um, how do you, do doctors say, oh yeah, I've never heard of this crowd health. Jump on in here. So how does that work? Yeah, so I, I literally just did it uh, yesterday. So, you know, had to go to get uh, labs uh, for my, you know, my annual wellness. Um, I paid for the, the labs. I took that receipt. I uploaded it into the Crowd Health app. And uh, I just got a notification this morning that Crowd Health successfully crowdfunded that those labs for me this morning. And, you know, we'll be, you know, my account has enough money in it now that will be sent back to me. So in essence, what happens is you pay for it, you submit it, Crowd Health crowdfunds it, and then you get a check um, from your your crowdfunding account back to your personal account for that amount. So it's that's it's pretty easy the way that, that works. That's that's for a normal doctor visit. And again, think about that as you're if you're the doctor, you get money at the point of care as opposed to two, three, four months later from an insurance company. And so you can imagine like somebody who's watching this who's you know works every day. If your employer came to you and said, Hey, you're gonna provide the service today, but I'm not gonna pay you for three months, right? You'd be pretty ticked off about that. So the doctors are willing to give us a pretty significant discount if we go to them and say, hey, we're going to pay in cash today. And so what we're seeing is, you know, 40 or 50 percent discounts by paying at the point of care, as opposed to these doctors having to pay, you know, get get paid through an insurance company. You know, they have uh, about a, one billing person per doctor, sometimes two 
depending upon the specialty. And that costs them lots and lots of money. And so they're willing to give us significant discounts if we can pay them in, in cash. So doctors love us. They want us to send us them more people because they love getting paid in cash, as you can probably imagine. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they do love you. They they I'm sure that if they could have everybody paid that way, they would save so much money off the employees they have just handling and process. And it seems like every time I did have insurance and I had a claim, like I had rotator cuff surgery, they went in and the insurance company paid them like Maybe their bill was $30,000, something crazy. I don't know what it was. And they sent them $25,000, and I said, that's all we're covering. And they're going, wait a second, our bill is $5,000. So I got a bill for $5,000. And they would go, we go, what are you talking about? You said our insurance would cover it, and they would resubmit it and resubmit it. So I could game they have to play until they finally got it down to something, I guess, that they just dropped it. But before we go on, yeah. we're getting close to running out of time here. I do want to make sure we cover a few bases here. Um, where can people find out? about crowd health and yeah you know, i just want to let you know i had no idea what this was because it's crowdsourcing insurance it's crowdsourcing your health now i understand the name i didn't understand crowd health i didn't understand it now i understand it where can people find out more about crowd health because this sounds like and it, this really sounds exciting to me if i was in need of insurance i would definitely be looking at this if i didn't get it free and thank you for that andy but where sure. can they find out more about this yeah, so we have we have two different services. One is when you put money into that account, you can hold some of that in Bitcoin. And if you're interested in that service, it's crowdhealthbtc.com. Um, and if you use the, the code Bitcoin, then you get, it's $99 for the first six months. Um, so it's almost half uh, off if you do that. Um, if you're not interested in the Bitcoin version, if you're interested in the fiat version, you can go to joincrowdhealth.com. And um, we're very active on Twitter, as you kind of imagined. So join Crowd Health is the company Twitter or Schoonover Andy is the my personal uh, Twitter account. So if someone goes with the Bitcoin version and they want to hold their funds in Bitcoin, they're paying the well, $99 a month at the moment. But let's say they're, they're paying that, that automatically purchases Bitcoin for them? and holds it in their account until they have to use it and then it converts it back to fiat to pay the doctor? Yeah, you can. it, it, it gets converted to Bitcoin and then if uh, 25% is still held in fiat to give you some liquidity for those crowdfunding events. And if we ask for more, then you have the opportunity to either sell the Bitcoin that you're holding or to put a little bit more fiat into your your account, so it's your option. Okay, so you, you don't get, really want people to be selling Bitcoin. Yeah, actually, you could be using it as a way of growing your stacking your uh, sats. Stack, um, stack your sats while taking care of your healthcare. Yeah. Well, Andy, I do appreciate you coming on the show. Um, this was very enlightening for, for me, to be honest with you. I kind of ha- I knew it was about healthcare, but the crowdfunding part of it with the healthcare that's pretty. Uh, exciting stuff and a great way to look at it. And then you can put your, you can stack it in the sats while you're, or, or save it in Bitcoin for it. those who may not understand the terminology while you're doing it. And at the moment, you know, Bitcoin's been up 5% for the last two days. So that's a pretty good deal. And in a bull market and in a bear market, it's the opposite, we all know. But Andy, thanks for coming sure. on the show and taking the time with me. 
Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it was a great, it was a great opportunity, and I look forward to seeing you in Austin coming up soon because I'll be down there a lot for the next year. Even somewhere, I'm going to see you at now, and I'll probably have more questions for you about this just because great. it seems so interesting. Uh, I think I'll share this with some people too, just personally share it because it seems like a great way. Everybody, thanks for joining us on the show, but do not leave. Do not leave. Stay tuned for the ending of the show. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor, and I'll wrap it up with a bow. See you in a minute on the Bitcoin Boomer Show. And welcome back to the show. Now, on today's show, we had Andy Schoonover from CrowdHealth. And to be honest with you, I just loved the concept of crowdsourcing your health care, of taking care of it yourself, and if you need a little help, getting it from the community that you're involved with. And the more you're involved, the more help you're going to get when you need it. What a, what a great idea. And the fact that you could hold your uh, CrowdHealth account in Bitcoin, oh my gosh, that's just like a way to save Bitcoin. That is a great deal. Now, before we go, I do want to remind everybody about our monthly barbecue in Dallas, BitBlock Barbecue. Check it out at bitblockbarbecue.com. We do it monthly. We have a great time eating great Texas barbecue and having great conversation about Bitcoin. So if you're in Texas, Louisiana, <laughs> Oklahoma, Arkansas, had someone from Oklahoma this week, as a matter of fact. If you are anywhere around Texas, please stop by. Check that out at bitbarbecue.com. I want to make sure everybody knows about my book, Bitcoin and the American Dream. Myself and seven other friends of mine got together, got together for a week, lived in a house for a week, and wrote this book about Bitcoin. It's an hour and a half book read. It's a great book to read on a flight. You can get it done. That's BitcoinandTheAmericanDream.com. I also want to make sure you know about our conference. We talked about this several times during the show, BitBlockBoom. That's right, BitBlockBoom. Try to say that three times, how about it? But that's at BitBlockBoom.com. Check it out. This will be our sixth year in Austin, Texas, and it's a Bitcoin conference. And that's all we talk about is Bitcoin. That's it. We don't talk about anything else. Great Bitcoiners at a great Bitcoiner event for five days last weekend in August. So check that out. Now, please, make sure and tell your friends about this show. Share this show with your friends. The whole concept of the show is not to sell you Bitcoin. This is an info commercial where at the end of the show we go, and if you want some Bitcoin, call 1-800. That's not what we do here. The only thing we're trying to do is educate you about Bitcoin. Every show we do has something to do with Bitcoin, and we want you to be knowledgeable about Bitcoin and to learn about Bitcoin. And then one day, maybe one day, you'll have seen enough information that you'll start studying Bitcoin on your own, and voila, you've been orange-pilled. You now understand Bitcoin, and that would be great to be a small part of that happening to you. So make sure, come back next week, same bat time, same bat channel for the Bitcoin Boomer Show. And remember to stack those sats. See you next week.